I'm Laura Vinroot Poole. For 20 years, I've owned Capital, an internationally recognized specialty store. Capital has never really been about fashion. It's always been about people. What We Wore was created to share the meaningful journeys that inspire me. From the designers and friends I meet on the road to the men and women with whom I work each day. Everybody wants to know her Jody Candrian is a Charlotte resident and an Arizona native who channels her love of stones into gorgeous cuffs, bolos, and necklaces. She's a favorite of ours at Capitol and Garden and Gun for her colorful creations that merge the South with the Southwest. This is the last episode of our five-episode capsule in partnership with Garden and Gun. Jody Candrian, I'm so happy you're here uh, during COVID times, <laughs> six feet away. I am very excited to be here, especially to see another human face that is different from the confines of my home. I'm thrilled I think to be here. This is your first time out? <laughs> this is really my first time out. I actually haven't even gone to the grocery store. I've just been sending my husband and I love it. going on bike rides and runs outside of the house with my daughter. So nice. Yeah, big time first time out. <laughs> well, you look beautiful. You definitely got dressed. Thank you. I, I really did try. <laughs> I think the first time I met you was through... Southerners. I mean, I think you have a history of friends from the South. And I think I was introduced to you from all sorts of people. You have to meet my friend Jody. Finally, we met probably 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And you live in Charlotte now, but you're from Tucson, Arizona. I am. Tell born me. in Tucson and lived there until I went away to college to USC. I loved growing up there. I love Tucson now. I, I love Arizona. <laughs> my brother lives there. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, such, a, it's such a magical place. It really is. When you fly into Arizona, I always I get the same feeling every time. It's you look out the window and you think, I cannot believe that this place that looks like this. I mean, it looks like <laughs> Mars, and I'm always blown away. But it's a really, really special place. It's beautiful, and it's it's so different from any other part of the country. Completely. It's so funny because your eyes really have to change when you land. There's so much color, and I don't think that most people notice that. Or I think it's a it's much more subtle to understand that. I, I dropped out of college after my freshman year and did a National Outdoor Leadership School semester in Tucson. Oh, my gosh. Starting, I mean, we went all over the Southwest, but it was based in Tucson. And I just fell in love with it. It was in the fall, which was a particularly beautiful mm -hmm. time. Are your parents native Arizonans? How do you say that? <laughs> Arizonans. Um, no, my mom is actually from the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, mm -hmm. and my dad's from Chicago. Yeah. Uh, they met at the University of Arizona, so that's where the the Tucson bit came about but it is a very colorful place when you say that and it's funny because when you land it does look very brown yeah. and Marsish from the sky but when you get there especially Tucson is a very green desert and mm -hmm. I always have loved and appreciated the earth colors that are there but then there are these vibrant spring colors that come out on the cactus flowers oh. the fall there I mean it's just in Arizona, all, people always assume it's just hot, you know, all year round. And it's it is not. in the summer, yeah, <laughs> but it's right. hot everywhere in the summer. And um, the desert especially is cold. It is very cold, but it's beautiful different seasons. But I, I loved growing up there for so many reasons. I had a really wonderful childhood, but it was just a very grounded place to grow up. And mm -hmm. we played outside. We played in the desert. We built forts. We were like really 
like we, we played on the earth, which was great. We were barefoot a lot. Very grounded. Very grounded, literally, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've met your mom. You have a very beautiful mom. Tell me wow. about um, her style. So thank you. You're probably going to make me emotional. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen her in two so, months. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen her in two months, which is a long time. I'll tell you, I, actually, maybe harder, I think, is, my, you know, my parents live 10 blocks from me. My mom is immunocompromised, and so I haven't been. I've been able to see them, but it's from like way across the yard, and it's almost sadder because you can't hug them. Yeah, that's awful. Being far from family is the hardest for sure, and I am so close with my family, Mm -hmm. so that's just like ripping at my heart every day. But I know we'll get past it, and I'll get back to see them. But my mom is she's amazing. She's so beautiful, always has been, and is my best friend. She's. She's very real. She's athletic. She's really stylish. She's y'all look alike too. We do. It's funny. I have my dad, brother, and I are all brunette. My mom and sister are are blonde. So we all look a lot alike. But it's like this funny <laughs> different hair variations. Yeah. Theme. <laughs> do you have any of her pieces of clothing that you still wear? I do. Actually, it's funny. I feel like a few of those pieces were the ones that I would choose when I would meet with you and Ruth when you'd come to New York because uh, I always thought like what would be my coolest thing that I could pull out that they're not going to know is from Zara or someplace else I do I have a couple really great suede skirts that my mom saved and I've there's like I wear them high-waisted now and super cool really really cool and, and in those. good shape fabulous shape like bizarrely huh. great shape and my mom is like so casual with things like that I'm surprised that <laughs> a she saved them and b they're in such great condition but I love those so you went to USC, and what did you study at USC? I studied fine art and Spanish. Oh, I'm a fine art major, too. I know you are, and I love that. And I feel <laughs> but I like, wish I had Spanish, too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was, I, of course, in Arizona, so many people speak Spanish because you're so close to the border. Yeah. And I always just love speaking Spanish and wanted to continue on with that. So I added that on in, That's amazing. at USC. Yeah. And what was your concentration in fine arts? It was media-based imaging, which was also pretty broad, but... It kind of, I guess, had a photography emphasis, but Mm. it was graphic design, printmaking, which I loved. I love printmaking. Yeah, there were so (laughs) many. And I actually, when I look back at some of my teachers I had at USC, I was so, you know, at the time you think like, oh, yeah, they were a great teacher. And I look back now and these people have now been huge, like really, really (laughs) famous artists. Ken Price, who was a pottery teacher there. And, you know, he has pieces now all over the place. I love being an art major and I, I really love it today because yeah. you learned so many things. You had art history, mm-hmm. I had sculpture, I had drawing, painting, printmaking, photography, mm-hmm. all these skills that are now what I do. Yeah. You know, like soup to nuts with my business because I do all of that. <laughs> it turned out to be a really good choice for well, a major. And I think I was talking to my daughter about it. I've started to paint a little bit. I'm a painting major. She was asking about what's it like to major in painting. She said something like, how is that hard? <laughs> and I said, you know, it's really hard because you, you know, basically critiques or charrettes you have every day and your professors are saying why did you make that mark what was what were you thinking when you did this why did you do this and you have to answer for every single mark that you make every single choice that you make and Mm -hmm. I think that is really unusual I don't know other majors that require that and I think that for me it really did change my life because I am very thoughtful about why I do things Mm -hmm. and I think it totally comes from that that's that's so interesting you say that and that's so true and yeah even for painting especially you think about some of the great masters that worked on pieces for years and years and years and then other people that like throw a canvas up and and you can answer why you did this one real quick you know right but it is it is a very 
It's a great point. We digress. Sorry, but from uh, from USC, you went on to Central Saint Martins, and what what did you do there? I had applied for a postgraduate study, and once again, this was like a broad study, but there was like lighting and all these different things. It's like this little combo course that it, that huh. I found interesting. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I graduated from USC. I I loved going there. It was a, an amazing amazing college, but I I had the the urge to go abroad and and be away again and yeah. keep, kind of keep studying. So. I had applied for that program, moved over there after the summer. I found this great apartment in Eaton Terrace Muse that I found through a mutual friend from New York. They were over there working in finance. And I was lo- loving it. I felt like this is going to be a great next step for me. This is, this is perfect. Um, and <laughs> this, then is September, this is the life. This is the life. And then September 11th happened. Oh, wow. So and, 2001. Yeah. And it was uh, that neighborhood in particular had so many embassies and ambassadors, you know, pe- uh-huh. people that were sort of threatened they kept saying London's next and you know it was just a very scary place to be by myself so I ended up scratching that packed up and moved back which was unfortunate because back to Arizona I moved back to Arizona quickly just to sort of (laughs) unpack (laughs) I still wanted to do something else I wasn't sure you know where and once again with the fine art there's so many things but I thought which is going to be like where do I want to go with kind of all these skills or things I've learned so I ended up applying to an interior design program in Newport Beach. And it was mm. Newport was a choice just because I had been at USC and I had so many friends that had gone there after college and it was a beautiful place and they had an <laughs> interior design school. So when I have like rehashed all my steps, it's, it's clear that I've always wanted to kind of keep moving and keep exploring, keep traveling because I, I loved being out there. But then I thought like, okay, I'm not, Southern California is not for me. I'm, right. I need to move on from there. From there, I went to Madrid with oh, my wow. um, younger sister. I love Madrid. I oh, really love my Madrid. Gosh. I had done a, a study abroad there during college for mm-hmm. a semester and absolutely loved it. And after this Newport stint, my younger sister, was she was in college at in Colorado at mm-hmm. Boulder. And she was ready to go abroad, too. And so we thought, we have this really great idea. I'll <laughs> just get in touch with this senora that, that we lived with, and we'll see if we can both live in her place. <laughs> I'll go back and get a job there somehow, and you can study abroad, so we'll go together. And I started teaching English to Spanish businesses over there, which is a very easy job kind of to get. Or I mean, you don't have to have any teaching requirements whatsoever. You basically (laughs) just have to speak English and Spanish. (laughs) So I did that with my sister for her study abroad. I love that. And it was was amazing. You must be so close. Really close. From that experience especially. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then from there, moved on to New York. After that was New York, yep. And worked with Club Monaco on the design team? I did. In clothing? In clothing. In women's wovens. And it's funny, I actually, Caroline Weller was working in women's knits at the time. (laughs) From Ben Jenin. Yep. Um, So we worked like 20 feet apart from each other for a while. And it was, I hadn't seen her until your party, which was really fun, I know. It was not as a designer, but I did everything from... The expense reports for the team, I put together, you know, I had to collect every little tiny Pantone chip that we had used for mood boards <laughs> back in their compartments. I put together mood boards. I printed out runway shows. They asked me to do a back pocket detail for denim, for stitching, just a lot of different projects. But huh. it was a really great start in fashion because I saw so many, I mean, I saw it all. I saw it. And, it, yeah. and I had to do so many different jobs within that department so it was, it was a great learning experience and did you know immediately that you that fashion was it for you I loved working in fashion and I knew that I wanted to be involved in that in some way but I I did always feel trapped with working for 
or adhering to a corporate calendar and not having the time to be able to jump on a plane and go back and see my family or go to Madrid, go to Madrid <laughs> or leave at five o'clock. You know, some nights yeah. we'd be there so late and it was just because someone didn't get it together. They'd had their 90th cup of coffee, you know, at <laughs> 1130 and then they started working. So it frustrated me a little bit, but I definitely loved fashion. And do you think that the dislike of that corporate environment pushed your entrepreneurial side? Absolutely. And so after New York, did you go straight into designing? I had gone back to Arizona again, mm-hmm. and the gem show was there, which is the biggest one yeah. in the world, which yeah. now I feel like so many people are attending and really appreciating. But it was going on, and I went with my family just to look at, you know, everyone goes. Just had eat. you been before? I had been when we were younger, <laughs> but mainly to like, you know, right. more as a child to collect things. But I had gone, and I just – something was different. I, I saw the stones, and I thought, like, I, I have to do – this is – I need to do something with this. We, we had this guy in Tucson that would solder our charms on our charm bracelet. Uh-huh. Um, he had a Native American jewelry store. I saw this huge stone and I thought, this would be so great if we could put this, if he could just solder this on a giant cuff. So I took it to him and he did it. And the first one that I have, I, I still have it. It had like a rod shooting through it. But <laughs> I thought like, this is really, this is really awesome. I love the way this looks. And every do you time still it, love the way it looks? Do you love the stone and all that? I do love the stone. It was an agate druzing. It was really thick. It was like huh. an inch and a half, but it had holes on the side. So it was, it actually had to stick a rod through it. And I, uh-huh. I mean, now I, I don't like the way the rod looks going through it, but I, uh, I still love that. Was your mother into jewelry? Had y'all been into stones? Like, was there any other than playing outside and like, <laughs> gro- I mean, wrong. truly like growing up in, in Arizona? Not as far as jewelry. No, my mom, I feel like her style when I look at old photos um, from high school and college, I just, I loved that whole yeah. era. I loved her style. <laughs> it was like so put together and so cool. And she had such a Stevie Nicks look about her too. Yeah. I'm sure um, in the 70s, 10 times more. Yes. And she actually <laughs> went to high school with Stevie Nicks. No way. She Jody. did. I know. What? I know. I know. This is, I went to school with a lot of nice people too, but they went to high school in the Bay Area. In, huh. Yeah. Um, How crazy. So cra- I know. And every time I go home, I still like flip to the back of the yearbook and see that Stephanie. name. Stephanie. And, and that she and, St- and Lindsay Buckingham would play, you know, my mom would tell stories. Oh, yeah. They would like play on the beach and have these. Oh so, my God. It's funny you mentioned Stevie Nicks. She, my mom never had I, there weren't any like big pieces of jewelry or things like that I guess the stone thing really came I think from that Arizona ch- like being yeah. surrounded by that landscape mm-hmm. I mean my collections are always inspired by that for sure and did you understand that different stones have different energies I think that's another thing that I, I appreciate growing up in Arizona everyone is very into healing yeah nature stones you know, vortex yeah. energies, all vortex, that for, for, for sure. a reason. I mean, the, the reason why women always are attracted to jewelry and especially stone mm-hmm. jewelry is because it, it gives us healing powers. It gives us strength, courage, mm-hmm. comfort, all these different things. And sometimes I'll even find that, that women will gravitate towards a certain stone or a piece and they'll say like, gosh, you know, this is, I never choose. I've never <laughs> been a purple person. And you know, it kind of makes you laugh and you think, well, it's probably not the purple. It's maybe because you need yeah. the amethyst right now or you need this and that. I think it's like, you know, clothing and art or even wine, like some things you just like because you like and sometimes you need that color to lift you up. But I definitely believe in 
the energy and the healing properties of stones for sure. One of the things I love about your bolas particularly is that they sit right on your solar plexus. I mean, they're just so powerful. You are so smart, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> but they do. I'm looking at it on you. It just emanates this energy. It's oh. so beautiful. But I, I don't know. That, I think that I love that they land there. I love that they land there too. And I think the necklaces do too. But though, and there's, you know, the stones are so much heavier and they sit at different parts. But this is like so close to your heart. Yeah. And it's also so close to all the you know, the chakra yeah. level. So it, it is amazing. And I hear that from so many of my customers. They'll say like, this just feels so good when it's on, yeah. whether that's the bolo or the necklace, but, or a cuff. I do personally love that about the bolo. We first started buying cuffs from you. And that was the thing that you heard over and over was that it just feels so good on my arm. They do that. They're yeah, powerful. they do that. Yeah, they are. <laughs> There's validity <laughs> to that for sure. So you started to make jewelry. And I think a defining moment for you was when you walked through Fred Siegel. Tell yes. me about it. I had gone back out after kind of starting from the gem show and making these pieces, doing little trunk shows for my mom's friends. And I went out to L.A. and I was wearing a necklace, a huge, big, <laughs> really bright, almost neon-y. And then it had this chrysoprase pendant. So it was oh, almost pretty. like it was very yellow and neon-y and bright. I loved it. <laughs> and a, a, a cool cuff. And I walked through it and this girl stopped me and asked who made the jewelry. And I said, oh, I actually, I did. I'm, you know, <laughs> sort of said I'm a jewelry designer. I wasn't quite one at that point, but <laughs> she loved it and said that they'd love to see a collection. And huh. I, you know, tried to sort of think in my head, like, how quickly can I get all this put together <laughs> and come back here and have a collection? But I did. I went back to Tucson, put together a little collection, came back, and they picked it up. And wow. it, was, it was a big deal. And so at that point, you moved to New York? Shortly thereafter, I they picked it up, and then Jessica Sailor Van Lith and Jane Herman, whose dad, of course, was Ron Herman right. with Fred Siegel, they wrote to me and said that they wanted to do a little story in Vogue, and I thought, no way. <laughs> I mean, it was it was like so out of I never even like thought that that could. It was How? just so big, and then they ended up seeing the jewelry, and they wanted to take some of the pieces and actually put it in the magazine. I couldn't believe it was all happening, but I knew, I knew that I needed to be in New York because you couldn't say, like, yeah. hey, let me run around in Tucson and get this to FedEx and get right, it over right. to you because just it wasn't going to work like that. So I did end up going back to New York, and this time found this great apartment in the West Village, mm -hmm. and it was like there started my life again in New York and where the business really took off yeah. and grew. And then from there, we got you back in the South. <laughs> <laughs> And you, you, yes, moved, after a while. you fell in love and moved to New Orleans. Yes. What was that like for your business? Um, were you afraid to leave New York? Not at that point. I had, I had lived in New York for 10 years from the beginning part, and then I took that quick leave and then came back. I had been there, and I, I did all of New York. I had no regrets, and I still don't. I had, like, <laughs> great friends. I did everything that I wanted to do in New York. I had never even been to New Orleans. Or, like, <laughs> before, you know. They call that baptism by fire. <laughs> That's your first place living in the South. Yeah, and that, and that it's funny because I feel like, I mean, as everyone knows who's been to New Orleans, New Orleans is a different type of South. There are so many different types. New Orleans is different from the Delta South. It's different yeah. from North Carolina South. But I loved New Orleans, yeah. and I still do. It's such an incredible city, and it was so great for the business because I think it brought in so much color. I think my eyes, just like when you talked about that light when you land in Arizona. Yeah. We always joke with my parents. When I land in Tucson, I feel like I'm sunburned. I mean, from the just the descent on the airplane, yeah. you have to put on your sunglasses because it's it was so bright coming so from different. New York. Yeah. And New Orleans was like that too in so many different ways. It was so inspirational for a bazillion reasons. I think you were always meant to be in the South though. <laughs> <laughs> I Laura? do. Why did you fall, what made you fall in love with the South? 
other than a man. I felt like there were so many different little worlds in mm. New Orleans. And then being able to jump in the car and I, I love exploring and I felt like especially there, there were just were there were so many things to see and experience that made me feel like I was like on another planet. I also think and I think it's you, but I also think that you are you've been so adopted wherever you've moved that people really want you to be a part <laughs> of and that's how I met you at first was from these southerners that said you have to meet Jody. Oh. She's like, Well that's But really- I do think everywhere you've moved has sort of been like that. I do well and I think once again you're introduced to people from other great people. So I feel like, you know, the, the people that I really adored introduced me to people, you know, in New, New Orleans that then introduced me to people, you know, in all these different places. And so I feel like you start running with that group and you surround yourself with, with great people. I think people often transform when they move, but you, I think, really have stayed grounded also in your Southwestern roots and always wear pieces that reflect that. Um, why is this important to you? Why is this important to you? I think it's important, but I also think it's it comes naturally. I think most of us tend to wear or adorn ourselves in things that make you feel good, whether mm-hmm. that's the way you dress or like you know pieces that you've had since childhood, things that remind you of home and yeah, like things that just make you happy. I have certain rings and a necklace that I've worn since I was like in seventh or eighth grade from from family members, and I it's hard for me even to take them off when I go to for a run yeah. or something. But I feel like the southwestern bit just suits me and that's I feel comfortable wearing those kind of things I sometimes I'll finish getting dressed and I'll think like "Ooh, I need like I'm missing <laughs> yeah a beaded belt or I'm missing some leather here or denim you know or something that yeah it just feels like that's that completes my my look <laughs> <laughs> you do have a Millicent Rogers thing going always I oh think. well that is a huge compliment right um yes major. my mom actually gave me this incredible concho belt that was worn like you know lower she had it more of like dropped on the hip yeah so I can't wear it tight around one of my dresses Uh but I'm gonna have it fixed here because it's it's almost such a beautiful piece you just want to display it this episode is in partnership with garden and gun how would you describe southern style when I think about southern style I think about capital and the way you've created this look <laughs> in a beautiful way for girls to dress and, not, and I don't know what that tell me what that well, is because I don't know that I would recognize that I think I, just I would it. recognize it but I think I think you've transformed it so I think women here really appreciate color they love looking beautiful mm-hmm. but they also can mix it and have high low which I think is mm. is what you've changed that you can have these fabulous pieces but they're mixed with tennis shoes or like a, a wild belt in color but it, I think it it has really encouraged people to be creative with their mm. choices and I love seeing people not just have one solid yeah look color. number look number 47 look number 47 <laughs> Head to toe. that was a a fun thing for me for my business working in the south and living in the south is that people do they love to get dressed yeah and they appreciate fine things mm. they want something unique and they're not into celebrity dressing either. Like they're not like, oh, I saw this on somebody. I wanted to wear it. They want something no. that they've never seen before, which it, is really unusual. I think that's so true. And it's funny yeah. when people when you talk about like celebrities wearing your thing. <laughs> that's never been something that's really. Uh, yeah. No, it's, always, it's, it, it's a it's a deal killer almost. You it know, actually, people are like, it ooh, it's it definitely a deal killer. <laughs> I also think this people in the South have obviously 
nice manners and and I think that they dress appropriately to the occasion like they dress for the hostess you you would never see somebody show up sort of not done up to the level that the hostess would expect absolutely you don't see that around the world really no you don't talk to me a little bit about COVID-19 and business shifts what's it shifting for you and and what are you looking forward to it shifting my collection is complete and ready I had it ready to go when it was supposed to be ready to go and I feel, I feel good about that right now, that I'm stocked and I'm loaded and I'm ready when everyone else is ready. If people want to shop right now, if they're able to shop, I love that. And I, I think that it's important to support everyone. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's this big push about supporting restaurants and things, but everyone is struggling right now in, yeah. in different ways. It's not the time necessarily to ask people for discounts and yeah. do you have any are you marking everything down to 70 percent? like no no oh. no you're not because this is this was a time that was supposed to be like a huge moment to to shop so I think if we if you have the means um to shop and support people I think it's important to do that right now I, I don't think that the will for beauty fades you know I think people I want beauty they do and I think I've joked on Instagram Forever. about <laughs> looking good on zoom but people <laughs> oh my gosh it's a thing it is it is you like I mean you have to step up your yeah your makeup game everything I, I have I, to say like I, I I wear more makeup <laughs> and I'm more dressed for zoom than I am in my regular life and when when we come out of this I think you really want to people are going to like crank up the music and get <laughs> dressed and load on the jewelry and be excited to go out, you know, even if it's not in big crowds for a long while, it's still, you can look good. And um, I agree. I, I'm hopeful that it's all going to come back. I just. Oh, I believe it will. I really <laughs> I do. We ask everybody in the podcast what they wore to the prom, and I cannot wait to hear what you wore. <laughs> I actually went to the prom twice, and I was wondering, like, oh, yeah. was that? Okay. Well, I, I, mean, I, was like, I mean, if you were a popular gal, I guess. I'm <laughs> no, I'm not saying that like that, but I was thinking, like, what, You went to I two wear? different proms in one year? You went no, no, junior no, no. year and junior and senior. senior. Yeah. yeah, okay. So when you... I was thinking of outfits, that's what yeah. made me confused. I thought, like, which one? Was I thinking about another? But that's I liked what it my was. junior better than my senior. I actually liked my junior and my senior a lot. And okay, I, it's tell funny. Me. I, feel, it's, I, I sort of wish I had like a disastrous outfit that I look back and think like, oh, what was I doing? Those two dresses were like better than a lot of other choices later, maybe even in college. But the first one, the junior prom, I got this beautiful dress from, it was like a woman's store that my mom shopped. And it was like, no, I shouldn't say women's, like it was like. But a grown up. Yeah, grown lady. up. It just wasn't a, like a teen yeah. store. But they had like the coolest stuff for like people my mom's age Mm -hmm. and she said well we can go in there and just see if they had anything which was like such a big deal because I didn't think I was going to fit I was like a peanut in high school (laughs) I didn't think I was going to fit in anything there but there was this white dress and it reminded me I I don't even know like actually who the inspiration was but it was so like chic and me I I thought like this would be so beautiful and we ended up having the woman that was the tailor that there Mm -hmm. She took it in a million times right. to make it great, but it was like, it had little spaghetti straps, but it was, it was almost like midi length, but uh-huh. it was so pretty. So like, like bias s- cut? It, I'm trying to think about what the, the top was, had like a couple different panels. So it was like a little mm-hmm. bit shiny on one and then matte on shiny and then matte and then went down, but it was, it was beautiful. And it was like chiffon. No, and this is like, I'm blanking on what material it was. But, All right, we'll um, need to see a picture. Uh, yeah, okay, I was going to say, my mom's yelling like, it was da And then um, what was the, the And senior? then the other one was, the senior one was from Nicole Miller. Look and I had gone, <laughs> gone to Phoenix to get it, and it was so, it was so cool too. It was 
black, almost like a bodysuit on top. And oh, cool. It, yeah. And then the, and it had like a belt. It was almost like one piece because underneath there were like little tiny bike shorts, which sounds really weird. That sounds kind of good though. You could do a lot of dancing. You could do a lot of dancing, a lot of moving. Lips. Uh, yeah. Dips. Picturing like Kristen Wiig and Bridesmaid <laughs> exactly. when she did this. It was kind of like that. But it was long to the floor. So it was sort of like see-through, but had those bike shorts. So, uh, you know. Black? Don't worry. Black. But it was really cool. And, and jewelry? Very minimalistic. And even my hair, like I had my hair done by our hair girl but it was just this probably my pieces that I've worn forever the the rings the yeah. necklace no bolo no no bolo at that <laughs> point unfortunately but no conjure belt no that would have been rad that would have been really rad I loved having you thanks oh, for coming during thank you COVID so much times. This was, I need I needed this yeah, it was a ni- it was a nice outing wasn't it, it was. six feet apart thanks so much Laura. thank you what we wore is produced by capital and balto creative media The original song, Someone So Enchanting, was composed and performed by Britt Drazda. What We Wore is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.